not sure if this is a promotion or not. <laughs> I'm just as glad to stand here and uh, speak to you if that's all right. Thank you for praying. And I ask you to continue to pray. I wrestled quite a bit today. To be honest, I'm a very practical person, okay? I'm not a very deep thinker, I'm very practical. And I'm as human as every one of you. And I sure have my weaknesses too. And tonight I feel like the message spoke to me. And maybe it could speak to you too. Tonight I want to attempt to share a message about our time. And how we use our time. What we do with our time. I feel like there's so much time that's wasted in our lives not serving God. And I think that's very important to him. And so I invite you to open your Bibles this evening to the book of Ecclesiastes, the fourth chapter. One day Satan gathered his assistants to discuss the most effective method of destroying the, means, the meaning of people's lives. One suggested, tell them that there is no God. Another suggested, tell them that there are no consequences to their actions. And yet a third proposed, tell them they have strayed so far from the right path, they will never be able to change. No, Satan replied, such things will not matter to them. I think we should simply tell them there is still plenty of time. There is still plenty of time. I think it was Philip Chesterfield, he says, Time is the wisest of all counselors. Know the value of time. Snatch, seize, and enjoy every minute of it. Time flies, but remember that you are the navigator of your time. This evening, I believe that the devil would love to have us believe we have plenty of time. There's still time. And we read that verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, the first verse where he says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. In fact, if you're in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's several verses in here that really stuck out to me as I was trying to prepare. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, look at the ninth, or chapter 11, look at the ninth verse. It says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and lay thy heart. Cheer, and, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in thy ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. And then verse 1 of chapter 12 it says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And I feel like Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever lived, simply was warning, it's a warning against a life that is misspent in self-indulgence. A life that is misspent. I feel like that's what he's warning about. 
So remember our creator in the days of thy youth. Still remember my father-in-law who's passed away. It's now some four years ago. And I remember at one of the anniversaries of his birth, of his death, we the family got together by the graveside. Maybe you've experienced that in your own life. And I remember as we stood there in front of the grave, and I actually had a picture, I didn't actually bring along. But I remember just looking at that gravestone and thinking, he's, this is the day that he was born, and this was the day that he died. And yet none of that was really that significant. Really, as we stood there, we were remembering what he did with his time. See, time matters. Solomon says, in Ecclesiastes, if you're still there, he says in the, third, in the third chapter, he says, to everything there is a season, any time to every purpose under the heaven. He says in verse 2, he says, a time to be born, and there's a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, and so on, and so on, and a time to do this, and everything else. Brothers and sisters, tonight there is a time to be born. And there's also a time to die. Makes me think of my, my second cousin right now. Maybe some of you know Steve Brubaker. He's in the hospital and he's not doing very well. He has cancer and he's about to pass away. There is a time for that. Unfortunately, we're going to all pass away unless Christ returns before that time. There's a time to be born, there's a time to die, and then essentially there's a time to live. All these other things. But what we do with that time really matters. It determines our destiny. It determines where we will spend eternity. And so what we do with that time, again, is very, very important. Hebrews 9.27 says... There's appointed on a man once to die, and then comes the judgment. It is the reality of our life. And so this evening, I'd like to talk to you about time. If I had to give the message a title tonight, I would title it, Restoring Balance to a Busy Life. Restoring Balance to a Busy Life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, if you're there. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. It says, Again, I considered all travail in every right work, that for this a man envied of his, <coughs> is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness that both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. I believe in essence what Solomon says here 
He says there needs to be a balance between a workaholic and a lazy fool. It's better to have only one hand full than to have both hands full and have a maxed out life. And many of us here this evening are trying to do life with both hands full. How do we find this balance in life? And so this evening, I'd like to talk to you about inserting some margin into your life. Inserting margin into your life. <coughs> so what do I mean by margin? Well, let me give you several definitions of this word margin that we want to think about here this evening. Margin this evening is an amount that is available beyond what is actually needed. An amount that is available beyond what is actually needed. Some of you are probably sitting here this evening and you feel like you have no time beyond what is actually needed. You have no finances, maybe, beyond what is actually needed. But I submit to you this evening that we tend to find time for the things that are really important and money for the things that are really important in our life, don't we? We find time and we find the finances, we find the money for the things that are really important in our life. You see, margin is the space between your load and your limit. Our load being those responsibilities that are ours and our limits to actually carry it out. At church family this evening, we have limitation. As human beings, we are limited. We are not God, and so we have limits. And if I had to guess, there are some here this evening that have exceeded their limits. Some of you have exceeded your limits. So at times in our life, we exceed those limits. This tends to cause burnout. It tends to cause overload. You see, margin is the space that guarantees sustainability. It is in this space where healing takes place. It's where our batteries get recharged. It's where relationships are nourished. And it is where wisdom is found. Because we have time to think. Without margin in our lives, both rest and contemplation, meaning a time to think. Without margin in our lives, both rest and contemplation are but theoretical concepts, unaffordable and unrealistic. And so there must be some margin in our life. Hopefully by the end of the evening I can have you convinced that we need some margin in our life. A space between our load and our limit. Most of us don't know where our limit is. And too often we exceed that limit. Proverbs 21 verse 10 says, in the NIV it says, in the house of the wise are stores. It means that there's extras, there's provision, there's stuff in the cupboards, if you will. But a foolish man, he goes on to say, spendeth it all. This evening I suggest that a wise person lives with margin. There is always extra, but a foolish person lives with no margin, no extra, nothing in the cupboard, cupboard and there is nothing set aside. 
Church family, this evening I feel like margin is something that is being robbed in the 21st century. We have so many things telling us that progress is going to help us. We have so many gadgets, gadgets and so much accessibility. We have so much information and so many conveniences. The world is telling us the more we have and the more we know, the better off we will be. But I feel this evening like all this stuff is actually hurting our society. Things like our social environment, our spiritual environment, and our moral environment. It is being torn apart today by all this stuff that is actually promising progress. You see, progress says that we will have more time on our hands. We will have to work less because we have all these time-saving devices. But somehow, somehow we actually spend more time doing the things that progress says will actually save us time. Restoring balance to a busy life. Maybe you don't feel like you're busy this evening. I feel like life is busy. I'll tell you a story about a man His name was, well, he was from Haiti. I think his name was Jimmy. We'll call him Jimmy. See, my brother served in Haiti for a couple of years. And one year over Christmas, my family, my wife and I and our children, we went to Haiti to spend some time with my brother. And he had this, this Haitian man come to the complex there different days to to work, to do some painting, to do some things around the complex, and he's, he wanted to earn money. That was his goal. And so my brother hired him to do some things. And I remember visiting with Jimmy there at the complex, and Jimmy's desire was to come to the United States. That was his number one goal, to come here to the United States. I remember as we were working there together, he was asking me about my home. He was asking me about the salaries that an average American person might make. And he was just in awe of what, how it must be to live here. In his mind, it was just, it was an easy place to live. But see, he had no concept of paying taxes and school tuition and, and all these things what a house, what a property actually cost. But his goal was to come to America. I think it was two years later, I was down at the Haiti Benefit Auction, and lo and behold, here comes Jimmy. He finally got his wish. He got his visa, and he came to the United States. Jimmy, I said, what do you think of America? And you know what he told me? He said, you know what? He said, uh, I'm better off serving God in Haiti. He says, Everything, ever since he's gotten here, he says he's been going here, he's been going there, he's been going everywhere. And he said their life is so busy. He thinks he's just better off serving God in Haiti. And that kind of spoke to me. Say that to say that we are busy people. We're going hither and yon in everywhere. 
Well, this evening I'd like to attempt to do an object lesson. And so I need a little help. I need, do I have a brave volunteer? I would prefer a, a younger girl, maybe ages six to 10, somewhere in there. Do I have a brave girl that would like to come help me do an object lesson? Anybody willing to do that? Someone going to be brave? My daughter is really hoping that somebody else would volunteer. <laughs> no girls want to help me out? Who's that? Your sister. I don't think it looks like she wants to help me out. How about a young boy? Uh, a young boy that would like to? All right. Give him a round of applause. opportunity to watch the audience tonight. All right, you tell me if anybody falls asleep. You watch your dad. <laughs> Don't let him sleep, all right? All right, okay. I'd like to give us several things that will happen in our life when we have no margin. And I don't feel like this is an all-inclusive message. But I believe as I, if I live as a fool, and have no margin in my life, there will definitely be an increase of stress in my life. One of the most common phrases or complaints that we hear today is that I am overloaded. I just can't get it all done. It, ju I just, it doesn't seem like I can catch up. There just doesn't seem to be enough hours in a day. We are just too busy. See, we're busy, we're busy. What are some of the causes of this stress here this evening? What are some of the causes of stress in your life? I feel like there's so many activities. I think of the young people. I have teenagers in, at my home. When they get into high school, there, there's so many activities, so many things to do. They got, they got homework. They got school activities. They got, they got to have a part-time job, and they go hither and yon and everything. They're, they're busy people. There's too many choices. There's too many changes in life. We're living in an information overload in our world today. Too much work. There's too much debt. Too much worry. Too much accessibility in life. The pace of life, the speed of life seems to be going faster and faster, doesn't it? That's how it seems in my life. And I realize this evening that some people are more prone to stress than others. I understand that. And some time ago, I had a, a debate, we'll call it a debate, with some of my friends, our buddy group. We had this debate, if rather stress is something that is, uh, if stress is actually a choice, or if it's something that can be, a, if it's something that can be unavoidable. 
And so you think about that. You can debate with me after the service. We're not going to debate it here in the service. But is stress something that is a choice? What is stress? Stress is a situation or a circumstance or a circumstance which arouses anxiety within a person. Stress produces bad things to happen. Emotional stress produces physical stress. Stress lowers resistance to germs. It causes headaches, ulcers, back pain, high blood pressure, heart attacks, fatigue. We're more prone to accidents. And on and on we could go as we think about stress. Bottom line is that stress puts us in a mess. We're chronically rushed, we're chronically late, and we're chronically exhausted. And some of you probably are sitting here tonight. And you're saying, well, how can I get rid of my stress if it's something that is unavoidable? And this is not a message about a, stress, about a stress-free life. But hopefully this evening, it will help us to think about why we are so stressed and why we are always troubled more than we need to be or what we should be. I think we worry too much. We, mur- we worry more than we actually pray. Proverbs 21 verse 10 says that a fool spendeth all that he has. And this evening I am suggesting that there would definitely be an increase of stress when we have no margin. You okay? You doing all right? Is the rock getting heavier? Oh, you're doing all right. Good. All right. I'll be with you soon. The second thing that I believe will happen if we have no margin in our life is that we will enjoy life less. Your job will become drudgery. You probably no longer enjoy it. The people that you love the most will more than likely become a pain rather than a blessing. Ministry. Ministry will often become a drain rather than a joy. If I have no margin in my life. When there is no margin in my life or in yours, we will, we will miss the joys of life. There could be roses all around us, right? But you don't have enough time to actually smell the roses. Thirdly, this evening, you still doing okay? All right, I'll be with you real soon, all right? Just hang in there. The third thing that I believe will happen is you will become a selfish person if you have no margin in your life. You will become self-focused. And I believe this in my heart. And so let me ask you a question. If you have no financial margin, do you tend to be a generous person or a stingy person? If your calendar is something that is full to the brim, are you generous with your time? Or are you stingy with your time? But because you have so many meetings, so many appointments, so many deadlines to make, you don't have time for other people. Have you ever met people that seem to never have time for you? I know there are some people in my life. Some people I think, man, they just always seem to be too busy, have no time for you. It can be really discouraging. But how better to spend our time helping other people 
encouraging them and walking with them. I think it's what Christ would have us to do. And fourthly, this evening, if we have no margin in our life, a fourth thing that will happen if we have no margin is that our relationships will suffer. I feel like our relationships will suffer if we have no margin. How well that you and I know this evening that relationships take time and effort. But if we are constantly living life to the fullest, our relationships will probably suffer. Just the same, we need oxygen to live. We need water to swim. We need margin in our life for our relationships to survive. No. You want to stay here a little longer? Uh, how about, uh, I want you to just go ahead and drop it. Just, just let it drop. All right. Give him a round of applause. You go back to it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I did do this one other time at a, another church some years ago, and it was a boy, and I didn't have a bag of candy. I had a bouquet of flowers. He wasn't real impressed. <laughs> he ended up giving the flowers to his mom and his, yeah. That mother's husband wasn't along, and she went home and told her husband that the preacher gave her flowers. <laughs> so I want to make sure I have a bag of candy this evening. But you know what? Too often, this is how we treat our relationships, our families, and our friends. We tell them to hang on just a little longer. I'll soon stop working so much. I'll get it together soon. And the one holding the rock says, it's okay. And because they love you and they care about you, they continue to carry the rock. And maybe even once in a while, we might even say, I love you. You know what? You're an awesome person. And here's a bag of candy or a bouquet of flowers. But continue to carry the rock. I'll get to you very soon. And you know what? We continue to live our lives the same way for years and years. And we never change. And somehow we expect our families, we expect our spouses, our children, our friends, and yes, sometimes we even expect God to continue to carry the rock. That sound that you just heard when he dropped that rock is what a marriage or a relationship sounds like when there's not enough margin. And after so many years, eventually... The load, it gets too heavy to bear. And they say, that's enough. I can't take it anymore. And boom. The same thing happens in a friendship when the one friend always gives the other friend the load to carry. And I believe this is a description this evening 
of how a marginless person treats other people. Flowers or a box or a bag of chocolates probably won't change it, but you can change it. God gives us the grace to be the people that we ought to be. You often think of the parable of the sower when I think about this. In Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And as our brother was mentioning in devotions tonight, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of everything entering in chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. I feel like this is a description here. This parable of the sower is a description of a marginless person. All this stuff coming in, it chokes the word. The word becomes unfruitful because we never set boundaries. We never set limits. We never, set our, we never gave ourselves space for the things that are really, really important. So this evening in closing... I'd like to give you several things I think that will help us to insert margin into our life. Several things that I think will help us to insert margin into our life. Number one is give God control of your time. Give God control of your time. Did you ever stop to think about how busy your life is? We live in a fast-paced world where we go and we go and we go. And just recently, not so long ago, or some time ago, I, I, uh, I was reminded how busy our schedule is. I, was, I told my wife that, I, that I, uh, I put something, you know, there's something a couple months out there in advance that I, that, uh, I wanted to do on our schedule. And, she's, and she told me that if that's something that we're going to do, we're going to have to take something else off the schedule. And it was like half a year. I thought, how could that be? And I thought to myself, we should probably have more margin in our schedule. You see, if we can't say yes to something without saying no to something else, you probably don't have enough margin in your schedule. Ephesians chapter 5 says, tells us to redeem the time. It means to make the best use of the times that, or, the, or the best use of the opportunities that God gives us. I think we need to take inventory of how we spend our time. You see, time is a special thing. We probably don't even realize how special time is until we no longer have it. Time is a special thing. Too many people, there's a lot of people that regret spending their time on the wrong things in life. They come to the end of their life And they wish like everything, they would have spent more time with the people that they love. Or maybe even someone close to us, they pass away. We no longer have that time to do the most important things. You see, I think there's too much time wasted doing things that are unnecessary. Too much time given to work. And not enough time given to our families. Too much time surfing the internet playing video games, watching videos, YouTube, things that are not uplifting and pleasing to God, movies that are not even fit for a Christian to see. See, time management, I think it's very important. There's so many things that are calling for our attention. 
I think something that every family needs to consider and discuss is some clear guidelines with internet and social media use in the home. Consider how social media and technology and the internet and all these electronic gadgets are harming your family time. You know, some time ago, as a family, we had decided that we were going to, you know, with teenagers in the home and, you know, we, after a while, we all have a phone and, and we decided that we're going to get this docking system and we're going to put it out there on the counter. And when we're at home in the living room, that's where the phone's supposed to be. It's just one of the things that we had tried to accomplish in our life. We realize that it has great potential to break a family apart. There's a book, maybe you've heard this book, maybe even read this book. It's a book called Digital Cocaine. And it's from, a, it's from a secular perspective. But he says this, very interesting. He talks about the effects that digital addiction has on the brain. He says that the addiction all takes place in the same area of the brain, rather it's marijuana, cocaine, or rather it's technology. All these electronic devices are extremely addicting. They produce a chemical in the brain called dopamine. And dopamine is what controls pleasure in the body. And the reason that we get addicted is because we enjoy things too much. I think it's in this same book, the author, I don't even remember his name, but I think it's in this same book, he talked about how in South Korea, <coughs> talked about in South Korea how they had these detox centers for children. I think he said there was like over 400 digital detox, detox centers in South Korea, and they were detoxing children as young as three years of age. Can you imagine? In order to restore margin in our life, give God control of our time. Ask God to help us to prioritize the things that are most important. Secondly, this evening, we must realize that we can't do everything. Sometimes I feel like the right answer is to say no. Sometimes we just have to say no. Just this week, I had to say no to something to protect something else that I felt was very important. You see, church family, tonight there will always be more to do. There will always be more laundry to wash. There will always be another meal to cook. There will always be more people that need to hear the gospel. And there will always be another person that needs encouragement. And unfortunately, yes, there will always be another bill to pay. But we do have limitations. We, we cannot be and do all things for all people. We have physical limitations. We have emotional limitations. And we have mental limitations. And there's, this, there's this big hype. There's this, there's this hype that's out there that talks about positive thinking. Positive thinking. And yes, I'm all about positive thinking. I think it's important that we do have positive thinking. But positive thinking will not supersede your limitations. We do have limits. And sometimes the right answer is no. We cannot do everything. 
And in order to restore margin in your life and in my life, we will need to say no sometimes to protect the things that are most important and to realize that we have limits. And thirdly, this evening, give yourself permission to rest. I think it's important that we give ourselves permission to rest. In Mark chapter 6, verse 31, Jesus said unto his disciples, He said, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest for a while. See, I believe even Jesus, he knew the importance of pulling the plug and saying that's enough. Let's go rest for a while. Let's, let's go get some dinner and talk about the day. I think that's okay to do that. But here's the thing to remember. Too many people are too busy doing the wrong thing and then they take a break from the things that are most important. For instance, we're too busy with work. We're too busy with our hobbies. And then we take a break from our devotional life. We take a break from Wednesday evening prayer meeting. Or we take a break from going to church. You see, there needs to be a balance. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 4 to 6, verses 4 to 6 says not to be too busy and neither to be a sluggard. God mandates margin in scripture. I feel like he mandates margin in the Bible. He mandates rest. God established one day a week for us to rest. For some margin so that our batteries could be recharged. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Allow ourselves to take a break. The world won't fall apart if we take off work for a day or even a week. It will go on without you. They can manage. Jesus told his disciples at a given time to go to a desert place and rest. And fourthly, this evening, put margin into your schedule daily. Put margin into your schedule. Some time ago, my wife and I, we scheduled a daily time every morning where we would sit down together for 15 minutes. We'd drink coffee, we'd talk about the day, our devotions, or anything else that needed to be discussed for that day. But you see, life gets busy and it gets neglected. This is something that we used to do. And then lots of changes, it starts to get missed. And so it's something that I think I can do better at, that we could do better at. So I encourage you to do that, to be proactive about scheduling some margin into your life. And finally, this evening and in closing, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, that great invitation, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and I am lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this evening I wonder if you're carrying a load that is too much to carry. You know, I don't think Jesus desires for us to be burdened under too heavy of a load. 
And this evening I'd venture to say that some of you are sitting here and you probably have a desire to spend more time with your spouse. I think that could be a reality. And I believe there could be some children that are sitting here tonight that wish that mom and dad would have more time for me. And so my challenge to each of you here this evening is to consider how you are using your time. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us to redeem the time God gives us. Use the opportunities that God gives us before we don't have time anymore. These thoughts in mind, let's just pause for a word of prayer, shall we? Father in heaven, we do pause before you this evening. And I thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for how it instructs us in life. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, how it convicts us in life. And and God, I just want to confess to you tonight in my own life. I feel like there's areas in my life where I can do better. Maybe I have wasted my time on, on devices. God, I confess that to you tonight. And I, God, I pray you help me to do better. And God, maybe there's someone else here tonight that realizes that, you know what, they're, they're, just, they're just wasting their time. They're, they're not spending time with their children like they should or their spouse. And maybe they're convicted in this area tonight. And God, I pray you give them the courage to stand to their feet where they're at. So tonight I ask you, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, if you're here tonight, and this is an area in your life you'd like to confess and give to God and ask him to help you to do better, to stand to your feet. God bless you, brother. God bless you. You can be seated. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Could God convict him in the area of the use of their time? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your Holy Spirit. Thank you how it speaks to us. And God, you saw those that have responded. And God, I just pray that you could help them to find victory in this area. God, surround them with your peace, including myself, God. Help us to do better. I have room to grow. God, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This time I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to ask the chorister to lead us in a song, and following that song, consider yourself dismissed.